Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Recovery Talk. So today I'm going to talk about a topic that I get so many questions about and that is set point weight. What is a set point weight? How do you know you're on your set point weight? And a very common concern amongst people in recovery is that, you know, imagine they're in treatment for an eating disorder and they need to push up their weight, but then they're like, What if I'm pushing above my set point weight? If this is some concerns you have and something you've been thinking about, I hope this episode can offer at least a little bit of insight. But I will tell you beforehand that when it comes to this topic, there is no clear-cut answers. And that's the first thing that needs to be accepted. So when it comes to set point weight and reaching one's set point and moving over to more intuitive eating, that is something that I work on with clients. And the number one thing clients will ask me is, how do I know I'm at my set point weight? And very often they will expect a clear cut answer. But the truth is, there isn't one. When it comes to seeing if someone is at their set point weight, instead you have to look at a lot of different indicators and you also have to do a bit of trial and error. I'll talk a bit more about the indicators uh, a bit later in this episode. But the first thing I will talk about is related to a comment that I got, which I thought was very interesting. And the comment was, why do people who are underweight need to gain weight if BMI is bullshit anyways? So if BMI has no meaning whatsoever, then why are you telling someone who is, let's say, clinically underweight that they need to push their weight up? And especially in the context of someone who's clinically underweight and their intuitive eating may not take them to a point where they are gaining weight, then doesn't this mean that they are naturally underweight? And this is where a lot of people end up trapped and stuck. I may have mentioned this before, but I will mention it again. In early recovery, especially from anorexia nervosa, there tends to be a normalization of certain hormones that regulate body weight, hunger, fullness a little bit too early, such as leptin. tends to normalize a little bit too soon, and this can complicate intuitive eating. I spoke about this in depth in the episode called Intuitive Eating, so if you haven't listened to that episode yet, that might also be helpful. And I talk about the importance of not mistaking this phase of prematurely restored leptin levels with oh i'm weight restored now and let's go for intuitive eating when i talk about bmi being bullshit i talk about bmi being bullshit in terms of bmi doesn't mean that oh you don't have an eating disorder because you are not at an underweight bmi or oh as soon as you hit a bmi of let's say 18.5 which is clinically the normal uh, bmi you you're healthy and recovered and you're at your set point because we know that only a tiny minority of people are naturally at a weight range that low and if you are not naturally within that if 18.5 is not naturally within your set point weight range then maintaining that weight is going to come with a lot of mental and physical consequences for you you're not going to reach full mental or physical recovery by maintaining a weight that is under your natural set point weight range The BMI is bullshit in the terms that, you know, when we talk about a normal BMI, we know that for many people, their BMI, their healthy normal BMI might be above that normal weight range. And there's a lot of people who are completely like 
decisified for having a BMI of higher than 25 when we know that some people naturally fall higher than 25 in BMI and instead their bodies are being spoken about as a problem, as an epidemic, right? But that's just not the case because we know that there are people who can be very happy and healthy in a bigger body. Just like there are people who are quote-unquote healthy weights without being perfectly healthy, right? It's not necessarily about the weight, it is about the behavior. But with that being said, being clinically underweight, I need to talk a little bit about that because I think that some people, when we talk about BMI being bullshit, they then think, well, BMI is bullshit. That means that I can just stay underweight because it doesn't matter. And I'm not that hungry anyways. Let's just stay stay here. And here is where I want to remind you that very, very, very few people are naturally underweight. Do they exist? Yes. Is it very likely to be the case for you? No. I also want to remind you that with recovery, it is very normal to overshot. Basically, you gained, I think it is roughly 10%, plus minus 10% is a very common number. Some more, some less, some don't overshoot at all. Uh, above your, or in the upper range of your set point weight. So you'll still be within your set point weight range, but you'll be in the upper end. Ansel, uh, Ansel Keys et al. found this in the Minnesota Starvation Study, where the men who were participants gained on average 10% above their pre-starvation weights. And then this gradually tapered down with time. Notice that the 10% uh, overshoot tapered down with time, not restriction. The men didn't intentionally restrict. It seemed like their body just held on to a little bit uh, weight, extra weight, a little bit in the higher range of their set point rate range, just for protective issues, right? Just been going through famine and it's kind of the body's kind of preparing. Well, there might be famine again, so let's just hold on to this. This could also explain why you see so many people who are constantly on diets, how they always end up gaining back the weight plus a little bit more after a diet, which then propels them to go on another diet, which then propels them to gain the weight back with even more, right? This is called yo-yo dieting, and it's unfortunately a very common phenomena. And it's also a great example of why dieting doesn't necessarily work. It's just biological mechanisms in the body that are activated that work against you. So if we know that quite a few people will tend to gain 10% in the upper range of their set point weight, again, not everyone, but it is common, that adds even more reason why statistically it's unlikely that you are underweight. And also, were you underweight before your eating disorder? Here's an important thing. Some people who develop their eating disorder when they're very young will tend to be quite lean when they develop eating disorder, right? Not everyone, but for a lot of people, they might develop their eating disorder when they are, you know, just before puberty, uh, where they haven't really developed their body. But then they will be very thin when they develop their eating disorder. And that doesn't mean that you are supposed to go back to the body you had uh, before your eating disorder at a age where you're a lot older. So if you develop your eating disorder at 12 and you had just started puberty and you had a bit child, more of a childlike body and you are now, let's say, 18, 20, you're not supposed to go back to the body you had at 12. You're not supposed to go back to wearing those clothes or having that same weight. But it's more if you ha- always had a stable weight around a certain point uh, throughout your whole life and maybe you developed an eating disorder a bit later, but... And then it's more likely that you'll go back to that weight that you had stable for a prolonged period of time before the eating disorder, uh, assuming that you haven't been intentionally suppressing that weight. Or the opposite, 
and assuming that you haven't been engaging in behaviors that have made your set point weight higher. And this is why we see some people with eating disorders, especially those who are more trapped in the in the binge purge or binge restrict, binge exercise, yo-yo dieting cycles, some of them actually tend to end up at a lower weight after recovery, but not necessarily right after recovery because you know we have the overshots, we have these things, but actually with time after the eating disorder, some actually end up at a lower weight than they were before their eating disorder or during their eating disorder. Because before the eating disorder or during the eating disorder, they were yo-yo dieting, which kept their weights above, uh, like or in the higher range or above their set point weight. So BMI is bullshit in terms of everyone's body is different, right? For some people, a BMI of 20 can be healthy, whilst for other people, that would be underweight. But for the vast majority of people, statistically, the absolute vast majority of people, a BMI of, let's say, 16, 17, that would be very, very dangerous. Even if intuitive eating doesn't take you to BMI above that, then it is more likely that this is a result of what I mentioned with the leptin levels restoring prematurely. Does there exist someone who's naturally a BMI of 17? Yes. But is that most likely to be you? Again, be honest with yourself here. Do you think that is most likely to be you? And then there are some people who are very unsure. They're like, wait, I might be at my set point weight, but I might not be. You know, I'm a little bit in the lower end. And then they're scared of the thought of pushing their weight up because what if I unnecessarily gain weight? And I want to remind you something here. If your BMI is naturally, let's say, in the 20 range, and I want to say range because it's not like, when we talk about set point, some people think that it is like a specific number, like, oh yeah, I'm naturally this specific number, this specific BMI. It is a range. For some people, that range is small. For other people, that range is large. And also, weight does fluctuate a bit with time, <laughs> even just like through the month, right? It, it, it fluctuates a little bit. That's completely normal. It depends on, you know, food in your stomach system, hormone, digestion, water retention, etc, etc. Let's say you are someone who is naturally very lean and your natural BMI is in the 20 range very comfortably. And imagine if you enter recovery and imagine you enter, for instance, a residential treatment program where they say that, yeah, we with, with the people who are inpatient here, we push up the weight to a BMI of 22 minimum. And there are plenty of reasons why that would happen. Uh, one of them is because studies have shown that actually pushing the weight up, you know, to be not balancing on the bare minimum actually has a positive outcome in terms of preventing relapse. So let's just say that's a hypothetical example. You are someone who is naturally at a BMI of 20, but you are in a treatment program where they operate with a BMI of 22 as a minimum and you are forced to push your weight up. Here's what will happen. If you gain to the BMI of 22 and you go home and you implement intuitive free eating with no restrictions, then you might notice that your weight gradually tapers off, not intentionally. This is the important thing. Because some people might think, well, I overshot and now I need to intentionally lose weight to get back my set point weight. No, the whole point with the set point weight is that it's self-regulating. And the same goes if you are someone, let's say you're also in that treatment program where they operate with a BMI of 22. By the way, I'm completely making this up. I'm just making up some numbers for an example and for reference because I think it's relevant to the conversation. So imagine if you are in the treatment program and you enter the treatment program and your natural set point weight range is more in the 24 range, right? And you enter the pro treatment program and you, your BMI is, let's say, you're a little bit underweight and then you push up the weight to BMI of 22 and then you go on at your own at home 
uh, but your natural set point weight range is 24. Go on at home, engaging in uh, intuitive eating, free eating, no weight suppressing behaviors. Then what you will notice is unlike the other person whose natural BMI was in the 20 range, you'll notice that your weight might actually go up and then stabilize at 24. So you could have two people who've pushed their weight to the same point where one person ends up with the weight tapering down and the other one ends up with the weight actually going up slightly because they have different bodies whose bodies thrive in different weight ranges. And I know this can be impossible to believe for some people, but I want to give you some examples that you can observe in your own life just to kind of have a bit more faith in what I'm saying. We all have that one friend or family member or acquaintance that is super skinny naturally and just can't gain weight. And if they gain weight, they lose very fast. You see it time and time again. They are very thin and they want to put on some weight. So they go and really like push up their intake for a period of time. Let's say like a month or two and they push up, they gain a little bit of weight and then they're like, yay, I've gained some weight. And then they start eating more intuitively and then they drop weight right away. You've seen that over and over, haven't you? At least I have. And that happens because the person is trying to maintain a weight above their natural healthy set point weight range. It's not necessarily that it's bad for them to do so, it's just that the body doesn't really <laughs> want to, right? <laughs> You've also probably seen the opposite, you know, with dieters who try to push down their weight and they're able to keep their weight down for some time, but then as soon as they move over to intuitive eating, they gain back the same amount of weight. And it seems like their body just doesn't want to be in that lower range. It wants to be in the higher range. We all have a set point weight range just in the same way that we all have a set point height. Yes, there is an average from each country where most people fall into. And yes, there are certain things that can affect our heights. For instance, if someone is very undernourished, that can affect how tall they grow. If someone has some kind of hormonal condition or where they have too much growth hormone, they might grow up to be really tall. And also sometimes people just become tall without there being any disease, or some people might be very short without there being any disease. The exact same things goes with weight. Weight is regulated by plenty of different factors, but reducing it to simply being calories in, calories out is very simplistic. It doesn't take into account metabolic adaptions, and especially not metabolic adaptions to famine and to refeeding, different hormones, hunger hormones, uh, sex hormones, and just individual genetic differences. So when I say that I don't focus on BMI, I mean not focusing on, oh, you should reach this BMI and then you should start maintaining. Or, oh, well, you're at this BMI, so you can't be underweight. Or assuming that being above a certain BMI means that you automatically are unhealthy and need to lose weight. What I don't mean is, oh, BMI don't matter. Let's just stay underweight and assume it's fine because, you know, it's a mental disorder. Weights have nothing to do with it. I mean, it does. Because staying uh, energy suppressed and staying weight suppressed, that has consequences mentally and physically. A lot of people wish that they could just recover mentally from the eating disorder and maintain that thin body. But wanting to maintain that very thin body is in itself the eating disorder. It's kind of like, oh, I want to recover from my phobia of dogs, but I also don't want to be around dogs. It is the dog phobia that makes you not want to be around dogs, okay? <laughs> so back to figuring out if someone is at their set point. And I mentioned this early in the episode, it's the number one thing clients ask me is, 
okay, so how do I know I'm at my set point? When should I stop trying to, you know, push the weight up intentionally? Like, how do I know? How do I know? And I can always see the fear in their eyes when I tell them that there is no one clear-cut answer and that instead we are looking at it holistically. We're looking at different things. We're looking at the physical things going on, the mental things going on, the behavior going on. And then we make a decision together to try and dip our toe into more intuitive eating and see what happens then. Does the weight just suddenly drop? That's a bit of a red flag. Does the weight go up? Well, clear sign it had to. But let's talk a bit about some of the indicator that someone is not at their set point weight range. And some of these indicators also underlap with undernourishment, right? Those two can be separate. Someone can be undernourished and be within a healthy weight range for their body. And also someone can be eating a sufficient amount of food but not yet be at their set point weight range. Because sometimes reaching that may take some time, especially if you start from a lower weight. So yeah, overall be aware that some of these symptoms will overlap with undernourishment. So one indicator that someone is not yet at their set point weight range is very obvious. <laughs> their weight goes up, up, up when they start eating a sufficient intake. No, this can also happen when someone is metabolically suppressed regardless of weight. But in general, if you are gaining weight from eating a sufficient intake, then chances are you really needed that weight gain. And even if you technically are already at your set point weight range and you're gaining the weight because of metabolic suppression, then also it is kind of the only way to restore your metabolism is by putting in more energy, right? Eating more food. And it will stabilize with time, as I mentioned also earlier in the episode. So that's a big one. But I also want to mention that sometimes you may experience the opposite. And that is that you are actually not gaining weight despite eating a lot. And if this coincides with you being underweight and especially a little bit in the earlier stages of recovery, then that could be an indicator that you're not experiencing being at your set point rate range. You're actually experiencing what is called hypermetabolism or normalization of leptin levels a little bit too soon. Hypermetabolism is basically your metabolism going up, 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 up and up. <laughs> metabolism being very high in recovery and this is quite common. This is quite common, especially in those who are, uh, you know, going more like all in. Someone is just on and off restricting and then they binge and then they restrict and then they binge and are in like this cycle. It doesn't really give the metabolism enough consistent fuel to speed up. But for those who go all in and eat quite a lot, we see this a lot. And hypermetabolism, some signs of it is just that it's very difficult to put on weight. Uh, you might feel very shaky. You might notice that you feel very hot. You might have day sweats, night sweats, hot flashes, I think it's called. You might even feel like a bit like you're over caffeinated <laughs> in many ways. Some have difficulty sleeping, waking up in the middle of the night just drenched. And also some people experiencing hypermetabolism will also experience that their hunger goes up. Again, this depends on where the leptin's at, because leptin is a hormone that also regulates, you know, when you feel full, right? So another sign that you are not yet uh, at your healthy set point rate range can be that you feel quite cold. You might notice that, you know, it just feels like you are in starvation mode, right? You feel cold, uh, you feel maybe your skin is quite dry, losing hair. If you're someone who menstruates, you might have lost your period or have irregular periods. It doesn't happen to everyone, but it happens to some. And then also a very important one is that you might notice yourself being obsessed with food. This can manifest as physical hunger or mental hunger. So you might have periods of binge eating or you might have an extreme mental preoccupation about food or everything food related. 
And rigidity in general is a huge sign that you are not there yet. There tends to be a lessening in rigidity with weight restoration. So if you haven't noticed any lessening of that yet, that could also be a sign that you aren't quite there yet. And also BMI, even though it's bullshit, but if you are at a very low weight, then chances are that's not your natural weight. Could you be a unicorn who's just naturally underweight? Of course you could be. Uh, will you very likely be that? Probably not. And if you are that unicorn and you push up your weight to above that, you will naturally end up back at the low unicorn weight without any restriction. Not overnight, but with time. Again, what I mentioned with the 10% overshot. Now I just want to say with the 10% overshot, some people overshoot more than this, some people less, and some people don't really overshoot at all. Overall, the way I tend to work with it with clients, which I mentioned earlier, is kind of come to a point where the client is feeling more, you know, confident in recovery, right? And their weight is, you know, in a safer range, and they are feeling more ready to try and dip their toes into intuitive eating. And then we do it gradually, and we see what happens. If the client just jumps back into restriction or just suddenly loses a bunch of weight, we look at that. And then we take a step back and say, hey, maybe it was a little bit too soon. But in many cases, actually, I see that the person that I work with will tend to find that it goes okay. They may notice that they find themselves intuitively eating quite a decent intake. And what happens with their weight does vary. Usually there isn't like any massive fluctuations unless someone is like relapsing. So it's not like someone starts eating intuitively and then boom, they drop like 10 kilos in a week. And there's a big difference between natural fluctuations and actual changes right again some fluctuation is common but overall the way i see recovery is that there is a phase of refeeding and restoring weight and then you come to a point where you can try and engage in more intuitive free eating for some people recovery is jumping straight into the intuitive eating and not necessarily focusing too much on the restoration it really depends on your individual case and your individual approach what works for you and your mental and physical health i always say that there is no one size fits all i've had clients where we have let go of calorie counting and weighing and all of those things on the first session okay not first because usually there's an assessment let's say second third session and then i've had other clients where it's been a very slow gradual approach where, for instance, we have gone from calorie counting every single day to calorie counting every meal except dinner. Going from weighing oneself once a week to once a month. Whilst for other people, they just need to throw that scale out so fast. They just need to throw out every meal plan, everything, and just go all in. And honestly, I think that recovering with extreme hunger can sometimes be very convenient when it comes to these things, because then you really are just like, you can really follow your body signals. But it's also important to be aware that extreme hunger might, might end. And that's when you start thinking, okay, well, I should intuitively eat now. And if your extreme hunger happens in very, very early stages of recovery and only happens for a short period of time, you might find yourself at a point where you're feeling a bit stuck because you no longer have extreme hunger and you know that you probably need to gain some weight, uh, but your intuitive eating isn't taking you there and your extreme hunger phase is gone and it's kind of like, okay, what now? And I think some people might make the mistake of thinking, well, I'm at my set point right now, I'm recovered. But it's important to be honest with yourself. 
And also be honest with the part of you that is so scared of weight gain and see weight gain as a waste. That part of you who thinks, well, if I gain unnecessarily to above what I need to, you know, the part of you that sees it that way. Because it isn't a negative thing. It's not one of those things that you should only do if absolutely necessary. Okay, we'll gain weight in an absolute emergency. Maybe we'll consider it. No, weight gain is great. So reframe weight gain in recovery as well. It's not just like this annoying thing that you'll gain, but only the necessary, you know. Only your body knows what your set point weight range is. And getting there, it may take time. It might sometimes be a little bit scary. It is trial and error. It is trying and then realizing what works and what doesn't and giving it time. I recommend working with a therapist or coach with this. If you have the resources to that, that can be quite helpful, especially in this particular stage. Uh, Because unfortunately, I see a lot of treatment practitioners, for instance, like doctors and inpatient clinics. They don't necessarily work so much with this. They just work on getting you to a very specific number. And then it's kind of like, adios. And for some people, they get very hung up in this specific number that their treatment center has set for them, and they think that they can't go above this number. And that's when BMI gets very unhelpful. I could have spoken a lot more about this topic. Uh, I mean, I try to cram it all together, but usually when I work with clients, we will spend a whole one hour just talking about this. But... I tried at least to (laughs) cram it together for you guys. And I hope that answered some some questions and that you found it helpful. As this entire episode has been essentially me answering all the most commonly asked questions I get regarding set point weight and turning it into an episode instead of an individual question, uh, I will not take uh, a recovery question at the end of this episode just because I've answered so many questions already. (laughs) And... As I said before, if you have any questions that you want me to talk about or topic requests for this podcast, feel free to drop me a DM at letsrecover.co.uk and make sure to title it podcast question or podcast topic request. Hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next week.